Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With all my favorite clothes. Are we just going over? With Colorado and Edmonton. Are we just going to see goals scored and see them scored at a frenetic pace? Maybe, maybe not. But somebody who could potentially tell us and predict that is Nicholas Martin of Action Network. You can just call him Nick Martin, but you could follow his plays over again at the Action Network. Does a great job there and also on his Twitter account at Nick M underscore hockey. Uh, Nick. We saw a lot of points in game one. Will we see a lot of points in game two? Yeah, I'm playing for it. I think uh, I think it's pretty likely that they should stay. Obviously, we're not going to see 8-6, but I think to see it average right around 7 or over that all series long seems pretty likely. I think um, I'll, I'll play off long. I've kind of been waiting on Mike Smith to really fall apart. I still think he looks pretty leaky and he's kind of shown me so far, I guess, with his overall play that maybe I was a little low on him all year. But between him and Francis coming in now and the way they both like to play, I think it's it's pretty hard for me to imagine not both averaging past three goals a game. Yeah. So yeah, I'm definitely playing for it tonight and pretty pumped to watch it. I think more than the other series. Yeah, and I think what kind of gets lost, too, in Game 1, because the scoring was so great, and it was just a fun game to watch in general, so I think everybody was applauding. Hey, hockey gave us a great game. It was fun to watch. You know, the stars are out and shining in Game Number 1. But also, Colorado won, and they won, I'd say, pretty convincingly, because Edmonton, obviously, six goals. That's good. Uh, But Colorado certainly looked like the better team. Is that what you saw as well from Colorado, or did Edmonton show you something that you could think, all right, this team will show some signs of life in this series? I think they'll, the thing with the Oilers is they, they're so good at generating those kinds of chances that are next unstoppable. Like, I think we saw it a lot versus the Flames when Markstrom finished with such bad numbers that they're always going to kind of hang in, especially if Dreisaitl and McDavid are going like this. They might be able to hang in there with, like, getting outplayed three out of four shifts more than any other team maybe could. So it's always hard to predict. But, yeah, like, I, I fully thought Colorado should win the series comfortably. And, yeah, I mean, it's a little hard to say. I think they showed enough that I'd be surprised if they don't steal a couple games for sure. Yeah. Uh, any bet for tonight's game? I So I played the over when it opened, and I think it's gotten a little crazy Is now. Is anyone on the and then I actually went Anyone? <laughs> maybe now, because I think I've seen seven and a half at, yep. like, almost plus money. I haven't looked in a bit, so, like, I, I think... It's probably like an okay narrative to get into. It's just so scary with like Francis in though, and like I think the Avs are just going to keep generating so many chances. So yeah, I kind of I played the over and then the Oilers team total I actually liked as well. Um, and then there's a bunch of player props I was on because I find usually they don't alter if they, if it stays. Obviously, we're not going to see eight six, but if it stays as high event as we've seen all playoffs long from both of them. The player props, like I always just look at overs for player props, and they should stay 
pretty profitable. Yeah. But the same one, I think you said it, the stars were out. If you played any of them, any of the relevant guys to do anything, you probably had a good night. Yeah, and, and I kind of equate hockey in sort of the way like NFL, you would bet kind of prop bets like goals scored in terms of also touchdowns. Like if you expect a high-scoring game, look at the prop market because there are going to be a lot of guys involved. Yeah, sure. Like if you were betting the Chiefs, you know, last year, Tyreek Kill's maybe going to score one or two touchdowns and Travis Kelsey's a candidate. But, you know, if the Chiefs are going to put up four or five scores, there's going to be somebody else involved. And so there's so many ways to get involved in props. How are you looking at props? Like, which ones are you on? And, you know, how are ways you were finding player props in a series like this one, in a game like this one, we expect a lot of scoring? Yeah, I think the one line that I had looked at, um, the Avs second line right now is Kadri, Rantanen, and Lekkanen. And they had a really good game one. They played like an 81% expected goals rate. Kadri and Rantanen scored. Um, so I'm kind of looking at those guys. I played Kadri's shots earlier, uh, Rantanen over one and a half points. And I kind of just think all series long, that line should do damage. Um, we saw it in the Flames series. The Flames second line had a really, really good series. They actually probably could have been a little more productive, I thought, with how they controlled play. But yeah, I just don't think Edmonton, like if they're going to hard match their top pairing as much as possible on the McKinnon line. Um, and we also saw actually them trying to go head-to-head with the McKinnon line with the McDavid at times in that game. And I think if they're going to do both those things, it's a really good opportunity for that second line with Kadri and Randon. They're both so good to just dominate kind of easier matchups. So, yeah, I'm going to kind of keep targeting them. I was targeting the Flames' second line in the second round. And then on the Oilers' side, I actually still played Dreisaitl to go over his points prop, which seems kind of crazy. It's, it only opened at plus 115 for two points, which is pretty nuts in hockey. But a lot of people have been playing this all playoffs long, and they've been pretty happy. And I think with how high scoring it should stay, there's still some value there. So I want to go to the next uh, next series here in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're talking right now with Nick Martin. You can follow him at Nick M underscore hockey and find all of his work over at the Action Network. Uh, but I saw this in a tweet from Ian McMillan of Bedside, who does a great job. Uh, Rangers goals these playoffs. So it's the expected goals, uh, 2.85 per 60, but actual goals, 3.4 per, per 60. XGA, which is goals allowed, Per 60, 4.04. Goals allowed per 60 that they've actually given up, 2.77. How the hell do you explain the Rangers? Yeah, that's crazy. But this is, like, it's a concept I do like to touch on a lot. Um, I have an article I uh, wrote in the summer on kind of some of the ways that expected goals can get curved. And I do think, I think it's a little surprising to see them, like, scoring this far past expected but I think they're falling into a good rhythm of doing a good job protecting Shesterkin with the kinds of chances he wants. So even if they're kind of deeper slot, like you can, if he can get set for a shot, he's going to, cause it'll, the expected goals only account for the location on the ice. It doesn't account for the play before. And it also doesn't account for the pressure on the shooter at all. So sometimes they can get kind of curved and obviously like Shesterkin has been ridiculous, but I think we saw this with Montreal where it kind of goes hand in hand where the team's falling into a good rhythm. I think a lot of nights of insulating Shesterk and, and allowing him to stop the shots that he wants to and like not making him go cross crease or anything crazy and stuff like that. And just a lot of, even if they're inner slot shots, just letting him see it and letting him get set compared to when it comes on a scene play. 
So can basically the question now is then can they continue to do that and kind of keep up that kind of play to end up taking another series that I don't think many people thought that they should be not only here, but now going potentially to a Stanley Cup final, not after one game, I'm saying that, but uh, is, is that enough? Are the Rangers doing enough and finding enough of a rhythm that, you know, you are giving them a chance, you know, after this game one winning so well, six to two, that they can end up winning this series against Tampa. Well, yeah, it's hard to say, like, I'm not going to try and act like I, I, thought they were going to get, I thought they were going to lose to Carolina and Pittsburgh. And well, I, I thought they'd lose Pittsburgh once I saw the way the games were going. Um, but it's hard to say, like, honestly, I think the number one thing we won't see happen as easily again is Tampa breaking down defensively where they, they gave Vasilevsky no chance on a lot of those goals. And I'd be surprised to see that, but it does seem like the Rangers are going to hang in at, at worst, like in a lot of these games and give themselves a fighting chance. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. They're definitely in with a shot now, I think. So let's go to game number two of this series. Obviously, those lines are up over at Bet Parks. Uh, right now, I'm seeing the Tampa Bay Lightning on the money line, minus 128. The Rangers, plus 106. So the Rangers, a dog at home again. Uh, and also, if I can find the total as well, which I'm not seeing, but at least with that money line. I think it'll be five and a half. No, Okay, so any plays for game two with those betting spreads? Yeah, I think, I honestly, I actually had a softball game during the game yesterday, and I hadn't entirely reviewed it all yet. I was, I was shocked when I looked. I was on the under yesterday, and I was shocked it was already 4-2 when I looked at my phone, and I was like, oh, it didn't work out. But I still think, like, I was really sure coming into this series that if they stay at under 5.5 and, and don't go to flat 5, like, those will be profitable over the, the entire series. So I think my first play on the game without fully diving in would be the under. Like, I just think the chances Tampa allow that many again are really low. Like, I think we'll see Shesterkin bounce back, or Shesterkin Vasilevsky bounce back, and the rest of the team do a better job in front of him. But I think with the way the Rangers are playing right now, like, it's going to be really hard for Tampa to generate a big offensive output. So I still think I'll probably go back to the play I missed on in game one and just look at the under again. Yeah, I think that's a fair play to take, honestly. So uh, the under five and a half for sure. I uh, want to move away from hockey a little bit with you. Nick Martin right now joining us in the Dr. Gladrick area hairline uh, of the Action Network. And you can follow him at Nick M underscore hockey, but also writes up some baseball as well. And Nick, I, I, I have to be honest and, and transparent with everyone. I hope you're okay with that. Uh, we both, the last time on this show, were saying that the Phillies could turn it around. We were we were singing the praise of the Phillies, like the numbers look good. They're going to turn this around. And they have done the complete opposite since the last time we spoke. Are you still somewhat optimistic about the Phillies, or is it the complete opposite end now of, okay, this team just stinks? Well, they might be getting just too far down, but like I think you've seen it too. Like They're literally good at losing. I think they're doing pretty much every part of the game yeah. decently outside of once you get into Trying the final couple of games, and yeah. not just on the bullpen, but just somehow everything has to go wrong every game. So I think it's easy if you followed along like closely to think they should have like six more wins than they do, and then they'd be looking all right. Um, so I don't know. Like they're not going to be this bad. I don't think. Like the, I think they'll still trend towards five hundred. But I think the question's starting to be like, how far back are they getting to where it's going to be hard to get. Into, like they're going to have to play a really strong record to get anything out of the season now. 
Yeah, they're... Uh, like, I, I don't think they're this bad at all. Exactly. No, I, I completely agree still. And I know that's a that's a tough case to make and, and kind of explain to a lot of Phillies fans because, obviously, I get the frustration. I'm a fan, too. I'm also frustrated with the way that the Phillies are playing and, you know, all the late-inning stuff that you just mentioned. You know, that's hard to look past and think that they're going to all of a sudden change their ways when this has been the same way for the past couple of seasons. But I agree with you. There's too much talent on this team for them not to look better. Now, the good thing is also their schedule gets much easier the rest of the way. So pretty much June all the way through the end of the season, it is a much easier schedule, and the Phillies should be able to make up some ground. But as you just mentioned, will they be able to dig out of a big hole that they're making for themselves? But looking past the Phillies, we do have a couple games tonight that haven't started yet. Uh, we have a game between the Braves and Rockies. Uh, I know I've seen a few people on the Braves. Also a really good game between the Dodgers and Mets. Uh, any plays for tonight? And even if you don't, uh, what do you think about that Mets-Dodgers matchup with Tony Gonsolin on the mound for the Dodgers and Walker on the mound for the Mets? Yeah, so I actually... Had, did make a play on the over four and a half first five innings, um, which I think looks a little scary with Don Flynn and Walker. They're actually both pretty strong regression candidates right now. So I do think there's a little value there. I was kind of, I had really targeted it, hoping that the line would open a little lower and that maybe the game total would even be eight or seven and a half. But I still think there's a bit of an edge there. So yeah, that's kind of my play on that one and obviously that yeah, should be a pretty good game yeah i completely agree because taiwan walker for sure uh and, and it's not like he has you know these outstanding numbers but uh, they are good and that's even looking like a good regression candidate but tony gonsolin absolutely looks like one uh let's get into some games for tomorrow obviously i don't know if you have any bets but we can go over at least the pitching matchups and when we think about these games first of all the Phillies do play tomorrow against the Angels. I have no idea who the pitcher is for the Angels. Silseth, weird name. I have no idea who it is. He doesn't even have a picture on ESPN, but he has an ERA of 3.07 and a 1-1 and record. I actually covered uh, his last start with action. Nice. And Yeah, tell us about I that guy. Yeah. Being, yeah, and he played the Jays last week, and I was researching what I thought of it, too. And I went against him, and uh, it worked out. But he he pitched. I don't like. I think he's obviously going to regress. He came from Double A, um, oh. and he had two starts against Oakland that went pretty well. And then I was just kind of saying, like, I thought uh, <laughs> it just seemed like he matched. Like I think he just kind of got through those games with Oakland, who are obviously not very potent offensively, and kind of came out there with okay numbers, but I think it's pretty logical he's going to be like below league average if he stays up in the MLB. Yeah, there's no betting line out for this yet, but uh, I imagine the Phillies are going to be somewhat of a favorite, and they're at home, but it's Zach Eflin on the mound, 1-4, 4.60 ERA. What do you make of Zach Eflin? Uh, obviously, we don't know the betting line is yet, but is Zach Eflin a guy that you're looking to bet on or bet against usually? I think in this one, I'd be looking towards Eflin, but like, yeah, I guess it's hard to say what they're gonna what they're gonna press price it at. Like, I think last week the Jays were I'm trying to remember. I think it was minus one twenty, and the Angels had their full lineup going. But so yeah, I think if it's something around that for the Phillies, I could see it being a good play. Um, but some of these Angels guys are kind of slowing down a little. Yep. So yeah, I mean that'd be my lean, but I also don't know how. If I reviewed all the data, how going on the Phillies has worked out for me, probably not great. 
<laughs> so we have a, a former Philly on the mound as well tomorrow. And uh, I'm looking at this one because I'm pretty sure we're going to get a run line at about even. And that could be a good one because I've been betting against the White Sox. I bet against them on the run line today. That worked out very well. Bullpen bad, but also starting pitching bad for the White Sox tomorrow. Vince Velasquez getting the start. Vinny Velo. And he's going up against the Cy Young candidate in Shane McClanahan. Is this an easy look at a run line here? or uh, I, I know the Rays and their lineup become somewhat questionable, but we should be able to expect them to get enough runs against a guy like Vince Velasquez, right? Yeah, you would think, especially with uh, McClanahan on the mound. So, yeah, I definitely think that sounds reasonable when we're looking at uh, first five innings. I think it'll be another one I'll watch to see what they open that at. Because, yeah, that's a pretty huge pitching disparity. Um, one thing, I do think this White Sox lineup, I, I know some of their expected marks are a lot better. I think they're due to hit a little bit more effectively. Um, obviously, the Anderson loss hurts them, but I still think there's some guys who should put it together a little more, even if there are kind of a couple easy outs and the situational batting hasn't been so good. And look, you know, I don't know if it's the same trend this year, but there's been a bit of a trend of uh, recently for White Sox teams that they do hit left-handed pitching really well. You know, they still hit they're, left-handed pitching well again this season, but like it's not as. Billy. Yes, Phillies are the same way. It's nuts. It is absolutely yeah, it, nuts. It's pretty big. I looked at it the other day. Like, um, who are they facing? Anyway, yeah, I looked at I looked at it before they. They're facing they, Rodon, um, I think, yesterday, uh, and I I saw those numbers because yeah. you look and it up because Bryce Harper was out, and I thought, okay, if Bryce Harper's out, his numbers against lefties are good. Do they really have anybody else? But even though Reese Hoskins and JT Romuto both are below 700 in OPS, their OPS against left-handed pitching, Hoskins is like 850 something. JT Romuto's in like the 750s. You know, these guys are hitting well against lefties and just astronomically bad against right-handed pitching. So. Yeah, it's such a big split yeah. between left and right for them. It's crazy. Like, they're going to get the – they might get teams rearranging their orders soon the way it's going. Yeah, like, absolutely. Uh, because it, it's certainly something yeah. of note. But – Yeah, uh, it's def- By the way, want to well, get into one more yeah. before I do uh, – sorry about that. We're talking with Nick Martin. You can talk with him at NickM underscore hockey. Want to get one more question in before he lets you go because we do have coming up 8.30, Joe Tanzi. We'll be previewing NBA Finals. We have an awesome pitching matchup tomorrow. Burns and Musgrove, two of the top Cy Young candidates. One has an ERA of 1.86. The other has an ERA of 1.95. Milwaukee's a big favorite, minus 145. Uh, any play on this game? And even if you don't, uh, what about these two chances for these two to win the Cy Young? Yeah, I, I honestly don't really have a lean, I don't think. Um, I do continue. I, I'm surprised. I think the Padres are really due to bat a little bit less efficiently. Like, they definitely have, I think, more runs than they'd expect based off the hard hits and so on. So I think it's gone favorably for them in that regard, and they are kind of a good regression candidate. They've had a really easy schedule, too. Um, I saw someone reviewing that today, uh, the Padres, and tell you know, and I, I think they'll probably be a team kind of to fade the next bit. Um, obviously, it's a little different with Musgrove on the mound. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, um, yeah. Personally, no lean there, but not sure which one I think will be better moving forward. Who do you think would be the 
NL Cyan favorite. Or I was, your ta- favorite right I was now. talking about that yesterday, and I for, I for some reason I thought I saw it on Action Network, and I couldn't find the exact reasoning why uh, this person may have been on Kyle Wright, but I thought I read Kyle Wright as a really good candidate um, because the numbers really? look good, uh, the strikeout numbers are up there. Was that? He had a good day yesterday, I saw. Yes, he did. And the thing is, the numbers look good. Well, it's obviously not like under a two ERA. But the thing is, he's pitching well, and he's 35 to 1. Like, 35 to 1 is a yeah, like crazy actually, number for what he's been doing. Yeah. Yeah, he actually is funny. I did a, I posted the same game parlay on that game. Nice. Um, it was like plus 275. It needed one more right uh, strikeout. And they pulled him after six, which was fair. I think his pitch count was up at around So the, the great thing is, I actually started off my show yesterday talking about NL Cy Young candidates, and like I saw a thirty-five to one Kyle Wright. And I said, "Oh, that's good." I saw somebody at forty to one, and I was looking at all the predictors. I'm like, "Man, this guy actually has some pretty elite numbers." And uh, the thing is, it was during his start last night, and it was during the sixth inning of his start, and it was Aaron Nola, and he gave up all of those home runs and terrible pitching. And so I was lucky to hold off on it before I said, yeah, 40-1 to for Aaron Nola, because, yeah, now the ERA doesn't look good. But he has elite, you know, predictors, as we always like to to look at for Major League Baseball pictures. But, man, it's the late-inning stuff that always gets to him and i just don't know what to make of that but nick i do have to let you go we have to go to a break here but it was great talking to baseball and hockey with you uh good luck the rest of the way yeah that is nick martin you can follow him at nick m underscore hockey uh you can check out his work on the action network does a great job and uh yeah i i guess i should be somewhat optimistic about the phillies like they can't be as bad as they've been but i don't know did you did you believe that was do you think there was any conviction in that when he said it uh, it sounded like a man that wants to believe it, <laughs> mostly, you know, kind of talking himself into it as he's telling it to us. But no, dude, I, we have enough talent to do something. It's not the issue, right? It's, it's not the issue. It's just it just needs to start clicking, and we need guys. Well, Ken can, Rosenthal, you know, it's definitely not the managers. Ken issue, Rosenthal yeah. is just he's he's being a good old boy, protecting his buddies. Baseball, this he is the baseball does. that bow tie. That bow tie does definitely say good old boy. Well, he got canned from MLB Network because of Manfred, right? Yes, he did. So now he's yes, he walking did. the company line. He See? did. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, he, he, he criticized got... Rob Manfred. So now he's trying to stay in the least good yeah, graces. Who would, who would, not ever, who would ever criticize that guy? Me? No. He's a, he's an excellent businessman. And Best commissioner of all sports. And a, in all of sports. He's a bastion of labor relations. He's truly an example for us all. <laughs> Coming up next, Joe Tanzi, NBA Finals game number one. We're previewing it next here on the line change with Joe Tanzi, Fox Sports the Gambler, presented by Cure Auto Insurance. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.